Welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we burn an evil witch 1d6 maddened Puritans at a time. I am Brother Jeff, joined this week, as in every week, by the town fool and possibly ancient Nestorian king, Prester John. Today we're discussing Witch Hunter, the Invisible World, a book that truly tests whether or not it's possible to copyright the rules to a role-playing game. Turns out you can't. It's System Mastery. Hello! Welcome back, everybody! I'm Jeff, and I'm joined by John. John, how are you? If you would like to hear Movie Times, please hit one now. Don't mock my crazy announcer voice with your Movie <laughs> Times. <laughs> you you and your damn movie phone voice. <laughs> Press star 6-9 at any time for assistance. Nice. <laughs> also, for the sex number. <laughs> Press pound 420 to blaze it. <laughs> Blazed options are available every day. <laughs> you can smoke trees in the lobby. To report the smoking of trees. The white zone is for blazing and unblazing only. Oh, how come we haven't been hired to be professional, just boring voice announcers? Right? That would, that would be the perfect thing for us. Give, uh, give me dumb, shitty voice work somewhere. Yeah, someone who's making a TV show hire me to be like the announcer in high school or something. <laughs> Ding, ding. Welcome, students. Today's lunch is Swedish meatballs. Everyone shun Jessica. <laughs> she knows what she did. Or she doesn't. Either way, it's great. <laughs> How are you? Uh, I'm all right. I'm a little sleepy. I'm a big sleepy baby. That's that's, yeah, that's fine. That's understandable, given the nothing you've done all day. Oh, it's true. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I'm not tired. I'm just sleepy. Ah, fair enough. I am deeply salty because I paid a reasonable amount of money to be access, given access to the Dragon Ball Fighter Z beta. And instead I have been presented with a screen that says failed to initialize network no matter how many times I press any amount of buttons. Oh, that's a shame. It's probably because your internet sucks. It might be. I might actually haul my entire PlayStation over to your house, <laughs> steal your TV. <laughs> And make you live in your own garage so I can play this game for a couple of days until the actual game launches in like, oh gosh, ten days. Yeah. Yeah. That's how much I want to play is, you know, my, my guy, my Jim Jams, my, my, my boys. <laughs> who's, who's your go-to Dragon Ball mans? I, I don't know who's unlocked, but my plan is to learn to play real good with characters that suck normally, like in the, in the, I want to run like a, a Yamcha and Tien and Krillin team. <laughs> yeah. You know what I want to run, though? Yeah. All the androids. Well, they got a whole new android in this game just so that they can have a, uh, a well, they story got 16, around 16, 17, and 18. They got all three of them, yes, but then there's a new one, Android 21, around whom the story revolves. Oh, no. Yeah, and she is based on a Kira Toriyama design, so she's a she's an actual Akira Toriyama character, even if she wasn't in the anime, but let's... Let's be fair here, John. The anime of Dragon Ball Z is not a high watermark for quality of big foreheaded martial art characters. There's a uh, lot of crappy ones in there. Yeah. Well, you know, character design is not the strength of Dragon Ball. Yeah. For every, you know, really cool looking Goku haircut, you got to deal with a guy named like Tuffin or something like that. <laughs> Tuffin. Yeah. Little Miss Muffet and Tuffin. You. You're, you're laughing, but I'm pretty sure I'm close to the- I'm almost certain that's he's like an actual thing. The bad guy from Dragon Ball GT is named something. I think he is a Tuffle. I think that's his species name. Oh, good. And his name is probably something like, I don't know, Niblet? God damn. <laughs> Corn Niblet's the Tuffle. 
is definitely one of the characters from that. Oh, well, now I'm, I'm on board and I need to go watch that. <laughs> well, yeah, cause you hate niblets. I do. You, you'd love to see them get hit with some kind of KO can or Yeah, I spirit. want some, some Kamehameha to go off on yeah. that. Yeah. Or an, a super special beam cannon. <laughs> some of them beam cannons. Yeah, anyway. Maybe one of them destructo discs. Ooh, yeah, some of that destructo or a wolf fang or whatever. <laughs> whatever it is Yamcha does, I don't know. Hey man, let's keep talking about Dragon Ball forever and not this book. We already did a Dragon Ball role-playing game. I don't know if we can just keep going here. <laughs> hey guys, we were going to do Witch Hunters, but it turns out we're actually doing Dragon Look, Ball again. Look, tra- trademark avoiding the issue is definitely one of the things we're known and regarded for. Here. That's just, what we do here. Yeah, anyway, the Invisible World is by Paradigm Press. It's from around 2006. It is an extreme ripoff of White Wolf, like to the to the point where it's. I almost felt like we were reading a joke that someone wrote. They were like, "How long till you notice this is just White Wolf?" Yeah, and it's very clear when they started ripping off White Wolf because it is a very distinct split in the mechanics where you know it is the exalted era of White Wolf because they no longer have the uh, when you roll a one, it subtracts, and the target number is always seven. Mm-hmm. So in this book, I mean, just out of right out the gate, if you've listened to any of our White Wolf reviews or you've played any White Wolf, you know that it's a D10 system. You have your stat plus skill. You roll that many D10s, and you're looking for a seven or better for successes. Uh huh. And uh, the only thing they didn't take from White Wolf is instead of tens. Counting as two successes, you instead re-roll the 10 and try to get another success. Now, can you re-roll that second 10 if you roll a second 10? Yes, it is exploding 10s. So while 10s don't auto-get two, you could get lucky and get multiple out of it. So my favorite thing in this book is their notation for die rolling whenever they do an example. I mean, sorry, one of my least favorite things, actually, because they always do it as like, this guy gets to roll five dice. He rolls 10, parentheses, re-roll, three, close parentheses, Five, four, two, two, one. And you're like, wait, that's six dice. I fucked up on my example. (laughs) (laughs) I I really wish they'd put that in the book, too. I know, but but really, it's just, I don't care what the numbers he rolled that weren't successes are, because this isn't like second or third edition Exalted, where that shit might matter. There's no mechanic that makes your sixes into successes. Well, no, and it's, it also, like, the... That being a thing that they used to do in White Wolf is definitely a thing that they brought over to here. It's, but the reason they did it in Old White Wolf is because the difficulty would change. Yeah. So it would be like, oh, the difficulty was the, for this roll was a five, and he rolled these numbers, which means he has these many successes. We're just trying to get it across to you that the number is going to change all the time. I guess, but it's, I mean, when you're reading it, you're just like, all right, so how do you do like a marksmanship roll? Oh, well, you roll a seven, six, two, 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 and three. Wow, that guy rolled a lot of twos. This is useful information for me. I'm glad they used up the page count. Yeah. But also because I, I think there's only one example in the entire book of anyone rolling a 10 and, and then also rolling a secondary success. Yeah. I don't know why they – it's just – it's ultra, apparently they, they they found it to be ultra rare when writing example character dialogue. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Should happen about 40% of the time. Should. But instead it happens I think once in the entire book. Anyway, uh, so just like White Wolf, there are nine core attributes. Uh, they're called ability scores, though. They are still dis- d- uh, blah, divided in the same way into physical, mental, and spiritual instead of so- social attributes. Yeah, but you've got three into each, yeah. so it's still that 
three different categories of three. Oh, Everything yeah. is a one to five. Thrill at the huge difference between the regular ones from White Wolf and the physical abilities of strength, agility, and toughness. Oh boy, they called it toughness instead of stamina. And then over here in mental abilities, we have education, reason, and will. Ah, well, I mean, that, that's that closer changed. to second edition to New World of Darkness, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a little surprising. And then spiritual abilities of courage, intuition, and personality. Well, I mean, personality is just charisma. That's mm-hmm. fine. Whatever. Uh, courage is just will. Yeah. Well, they already have will. They I have know. Will why, already. why do they have both? It's so weird. Well, courage, specifically in this game, because you'll meet creepy crawly things and you got to roll your courage. Yeah, that's what courage is. That's what. The, I, I, okay, fine. And then intuition, which you know is wisdom. I don't know why it's in spiritual instead of in mental. What are you gonna do? Eh. Then you've got about twenty-five abilities that are divided into five categories. Although the categories aren't equally sized, it's real stupid to me that uh, they. I mean, they very definitely from the exalted era of White Wolf were like, oh, we need to split things up into their. Uh, there are five category things, and we'll split everything into their own little pockets, and that's where you'll put your points. But in this game, instead of it being like, oh, you've got five categories with five things each, mm-hmm. like fighting has three skills in it, and then the uh, like professional has about 20. So it's just not a good spread, because sometimes you'll look at a thing, and it'll be like, oh, you get two points to put into... Uh, your professional skills. You're like, all right, well, that's a ton of different things that I could put that into. A lot of it, for me, this was like a blast of the past to reading old, like, first edition Exalted, which, you know, for the record, I never even played. No, I did. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was weird going back and looking at this and being like, oh, yeah, that's right. I mostly just have it open to the character sheet so I can, I can discuss the, the, close but but differences to uh to white wolf game design mm-hmm. so instead of having a wound bar there's a health track that's almost identical to a wound bar yeah well it's just you get more there's just you, more wounds it's a little more uh crunchy yeah in white wolf you had everyone had seven health levels in this yeah. your health levels are based on your uh your actual toughness stat yeah but it's Instead of it being like, oh, you get, you know, if my toughness is three, I don't have a three, a three, a three, like it doesn't go down. It's like, oh, my first level is two times toughness, and then second level is 1.5 times toughness, and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. You want to know how much this is almost exactly like reading just to sort of swapped over exalted? There are three ability or attributes you have called hero points, true faith, and damnation, which more or less translate directly to XP, essence, Slash willpower and the whatever the great curse was called in the original Exalted, whatever that. No, it's the great curse. It's just called great curse. Yeah, I remember you had to go. It's up your that, limit break. Limit break. Thank you. That's the term I was looking for. But I mean, they mostly work the same way, except that you don't get a cool thing at the end of the damnation track. You are just damned. Well, yeah, the damnation track is. Well, I mean, if we want to get into the full mechanics of well, this, well, do you want to start talking about what the hell it is we're reading? Because it's not just Exalted, but called Witch Hunter. It's got a whole backstory to it. Yeah, it's basically, go ahead and take one of the Dark Ages White Wolf books, and then uh, that's what this is. <laughs> like, they they went ahead and set this at 1697 or something, 1698. Something around there, yeah. Is the, the canon year for this world. And it's a slightly different version of Earth, mm-hmm. because creepity-crawly stuff exists, and it actually affected things... Unlike, which I'll give it to this game, unlike normal games where they're like, oh, vampires and werewolves and all that shit exists, but human history played out literally exactly the same as it does normally, they were like, oh no, the fucking, like, 
the Spanish are fighting the Aztecs, and the Aztecs have literal magic, so they're not losing at all. Yeah, they're doing just fine. They are just fucking the Spanish up. And you're like, oh, good. And then the Portuguese are desperate to find the Incas, which they call, like, the the Inkies or something. And, and they're like a, a ghost people. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of interesting, like, ways that things play out. Although, to be clear, it's mostly in the margins. Like, they do that othering thing where it's like, what happened in Europe? Oh, Christendom. Okay, what happened everywhere else but Europe? Oh, Africa is the darkest place of blood magic and everything's all magic and dark. And then South America is full of heart-eating blood warriors. And you're like, oh, okay, so white people stayed the same. But uh, uh, but uh, but the rest, Asia is so mysterious, we don't even see it in here. No. But but uh, but if you go to a country where there's brown people, wouldn't you know it? It's a bunch of sharp-toothed blood, blood drinkers. Well, yeah, because... Uh, it was King Solomon who created the seal to stop the invisible world from leaking into ours. But yes, and then he balanced the ball of creation upon its nose, and it clapped its fins. Uh, I'm kidding. That, that'd that be a sea lion. Uh, <laughs> sea world jokes. So, uh, I mean, and then it's some witch showed up and fucked up one of his wizards. Yeah, and I think like, her name literally was like, fucked that wizard. I think her name was like Inuyasha or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> her name was Inuyasha and yeah. she showed up. Yeah, there was he summoned the like nine greatest wizards and there was like I don't know, Kagome the erudite and uh you know like <laughs> you're really trying to get this anime shit going. I don't you, know. You start on Dragon Ball Z, you go into the Inuyasha. I don't know anything about anime either. All I could do is list stuff I've seen on like Cartoon Network. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But that is the background of this is there were a bunch of creepy crawlies. Mm -hmm. King Solomon was like, I know, I'll get a, like the seven best wizards together and seal we'll, everything off. Yeah, and we'll build a huge magic gate that stops all the evil from coming to Earth. And then a witch showed up, boned uh, one the of the wizards, and while he was in his passed out, I've just had sex sleep, she like subtly changed his bit of the seal so that when they did the magic spell... There was still some leakage. Yes, although basically what happened was he kind of uh, shocked the situation where he was like, "I we built the seal. Oh, no, evil people are already in here, but God can't get in. Shoot. Yeah, well, it was like, uh, well, if we completely shut off the invisible world, then, like, nobody gets any magic. Yeah. So because there's still, in like... Bad, well, he, bad people can get through. I'm going to like leave the gates open slightly so that humans can still have magic. Yes. So King Solomon recognized while the seal was finally being enacted after like decades of drawing the damn thing that something was wrong and he could tell who was wrong and he could tell why. So he immediately had Kagome or whatever his name was killed <laughs> and uh, and then basically quickly altered the seal during the casting of it such that human leakage of magic would still be allowed. Oh, yeah. We've got to get those, those depends on for our magic. <laughs> yeah. <that's... laughs> uh, and, and But also there's like witches and goblins and, and gobbledygoos yeah. just sort of swarming around in the margins being all evil. And there's still, you still get that thing where most people don't encounter them or believe in them. Even though there's like, you I, know. I feel like most people believe in them. They the believe thing. in them, but sort of in the way that like, you know, your average person who draws like a, a pentagram on their door in an Alvin Maker book believes in them. They're like, oh, I have to ward off the evil with a doodle bug. And, and not like, oh, there's goblins right there. <laughs> well, I mean, I think in this alternate world, it is much clearer that there is evil shit out there i guess i feel like they believe in it the same way that like people on tv believe in ghosts 
See, whereas I, I, from my reading, I definitely thought people were like, oh no, we understand. This shit is real. Because the there problem are witches out there, and we will a, die. There's a huge amount of the book about how hard of a life it is to be a ghost hunter because or witch hunter. Because everyone's like, oh, you dumb witch hunter, wasting all your time witch hunting when there's business a doing. No, they're like, oh, you witch hunter, we think you're probably also evil because you have weird magic effects. Yeah. Again, because they're the only people they ever see who have weird magic effects. So these these witch hunters who come through, and the witch hunters are like, "Ah, I be hunting the great evil whale," and and everyone's like, "No, I feel like you're the bad guy because you're the only thing I've Hold ever on, seen." I'm with pretty witch- sure Ahab's the actual villain in this story. <laughs> are you sure? Are you uh, sure we... you're not gay, Ahab? <laughs> okay, first of all, we established that's definitely not Ahab because Ahab sounds like he's from Maine. <laughs> <laughs> Tis no whale English. <laughs> is a fine bard <laughs> uh, okay but but uh, okay so witch hunters are a real thing they're dudes or and ladies who feel a higher calling and end up dedicating their lives to the eradication of the evil one in all of his various forms and guises that stalk the earth so there's a bunch of dudes and ladies who go roaming the, the land and killing off gibbering werewolves and undead and cultists and you have there was like some conclave that happened very recently, and so now all the various factions of witch hunters can sort of work together. Oh yeah, it used to be like old White Wolf, where you know you had when you were making your werewolf game, you there was no good reason why your glass walker would be willing to hang around with your uh, dirt muncher. I forget the names of the rest of them. <laughs> Thanks. Good. <laughs> I think I think you may have been searching for bone gnar there. No, I'm pretty sure it was dirt muncher. I'm pretty I, sure it was carpet muncher. Because I feel like Glasswalker and bone gnar would probably be the two that would hang out, right? Aren't they? Th- oh no, because it would be like saying I'm pretty sure that that homeless guy and that executive would hang out together. They'll be best friends. Yeah, man, you've watched like Trading Places or whatever. Yeah, it's they called. don't like each other, <laughs> but they have to hang out. <laughs> they don't have to hang out. But they do. Ah, <laughs> uh, the. I'm just saying, uh, what's his name ends up, is it Denzel Washington? No, it's not Denzel. Who? Jesus Christ, no, it's, it's, Eddie, it's Murphy. Eddie Murphy. and I'm thinking of a different movie anyway, and it's still Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Sorry, thinking of a different movie, I was still racist, though. No, I wasn't. I, I literally forgot who's in Coming to America for a minute. I was like, the king of some African country took a job at a McDolan's in that movie. <laughs> yeah, fucking... <laughs> Black Panther showed up, and it was like, yeah, now I rule this this McDolan's. <laughs> he gleefully did entertain the, the arguings that Chris Rock pre- presented before him. <laughs> Indeed, you should be able to purchase one nugget for 30 cents, sir. Wait, is that from yet another movie? <laughs> that is a different, different movie. <laughs> but it's at least Chris Rock, right? <laughs> Please, no, that one's Dave Chappelle. <laughs> no, it's not. It's definitely not. <laughs> it's definitely Chris Rock, who's... Who wants to buy, like, a handful of Coke? <laughs> or Dr. Pepper. Whatever it was. Uh, whatever his fancy might be. I think you're be. thinking of an old In Living Color sketch series. Am I? Yes. Oh, for where, Pete's sake. Where Marlon Wayans would come in and be like, that's in- that's insane. Let me get one Kleenex. <laughs> I feel like it could be both. I feel like I think, that's, that's a rich vein of good comedy. I and- think in your mind... All black entertainment is the same, is what you're saying. <laughs> okay, how about this? In, tell me I'm wrong that Coming to America remake starring Denzel Washington wouldn't be awesome anyway. Well, I mean, at this point, he would have to have taken over the James Earl Jones role. Yeah, he does. But it's both. It's the, both. The, the Eddie Murphy role's not even in the movie. It's it's Denzel Washington is playing James Earl Jones' character who has to go work at a McDonald's. <laughs> it's, an, it's actually a sequel. 
<laughs> yeah, that's it. It's a sequel. <laughs> oh my god! And then there's terrorists. Also, uh, what's his name? That the the guy who works there and is like a crappy comedian. Uh, oh shoot, well, I can't remember his name. It's got like so. Louis, Witch Hunter: The Louis, Invisible World. Louis, Louis something. <laughs> oh well. Okay, move. Fine, fine. We'll move back into it. <laughs> So it's like the late 1690s, and all the things that happened in the ni- in 97 and 98 still happen. You've got ye old swing revival and ye old sugar ray. <laughs> uh, so America is split up into three zones. You've got like your French, your English, and your Spanish zones of America. And there's only eight Jan Michael Vincents. <laughs> Why are you trying to do this? <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> Fine, fine. There's an English and a Spanish and a French zone of the United States of America. <laughs> and there's a whole bunch of witch hunters running around. And according to the art, most of them are either Cossacks or steampunk ladies with neck ruffles. <laughs> well, that's only if you're from whatever the faction is that's basically the Enlightenment never happened in this world and we are the Enlightenment witch hunters. Yes. Well, no, I mean, I was saying it based on the art. Based on the on the book, there's 13 kinds of witch hunters or some crazy thing. It's like 12 or 13 of them. Well, there's the main clans, mm. and that is going to determine part of what your abilities are. Yes, and those range between the ascetics who are, you know, basically all of these just boil down to different things you can play as when you're building a, a Grey Knight army in 40k. <laughs> Uh, or a sister of battle army, I guess. Because you've got the dudes who whip themselves real hard in the back to give themselves cool powers. Well, you've got, uh, because the Pope is super angry at the Templars and disbanded them because the Templars blew up the Pope in order to stop some undead. That's a pretty great story, by the way. This In this book, there was some undead that were attacking a little town in, like, Bavaria or something. Well, it was the, the Black Forest. It was, okay, the Black Forest in Germany. And in order to counter it, the Templars kidnapped and crucified the current Pope. Yeah, burned him alive, and the death of the Pope in this ritual, like, cleansed the entire area. So there was this, like, widening circle of undead going out into the world, and they're like, all right, well, we'll just Pope bomb it. Yeah, so basically some one Templar comes running up right after the explosion, he's like, no, you idiots, I said a pipe bomb. (laughs) (laughs) Too late. (laughs) Well... Pope bomb worked, as it turned out. Turns out, Pope bomb, yes. real good. So then the set, the next Pope in line is, you know, popeified or whatever. Uh, and then he's like, okay, uh, well, since I don't want that to happen to me, first order of business, no more blowing up popes. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm just gonna put that right at the top of the list. No more Pope explosions. <laughs> uh, and so, so the Templars have been sort of on the outs, but there is one faction of witch hunters that are basically the risen Templars. Yeah. Then there's another one that entirely is drawing power from the cross that the blown-up Pope was blown up on. Yeah, there was a some priest who was there during the ritual who feigned ignorance. He's like, oh, I, I can't remember anything that happened. Truly, something must have happened and blown the memory out of my mind. And they were like, yeah, that sounds right. Probably <laughs> some form of Pope's explosion. And uh, so then he stole the cross mm-hmm. that uh, the Pope was on. And so everyone in... The Ashen Cross faction has a splinter of that cross, and they get, like, superpowers of they can write sigils using the ash from yeah. that cross. Once per day, they can draw a little sigil on their forehead using the ash of the Pope's Plosion Cross, and it gives them one of three bonuses that lasts a couple of minutes. Yeah, you can either get defensive, or you can get, like, really good at seeing things, or whatever it is. Now, the Ascetics, which are the, the faction of uh, witch hunters who whip themselves and hold to an extremely taboo... Uh, driven moralistic lifestyle uh, follow 10 spiritual vows uh, and there are things like you can't touch or handle money 
Uh, you can't touch the opposite sex. There's oh, no, no. I'm sorry. That one is not is explicitly no. not in there. No, it's, uh, it's because their whole thing is they they're one of their guys found an ancient text, and he's like, oh, this is the real word of God, and the Bible is just fake bullshit that's been tainted by Satan. Yeah, so fake I, news. Fake news. I know what the actual thing is. It's yeah. basically they're the fucking like Mormons of this world because yeah. they've got. A book that's like, well, here's how you actually please God. I mean, this book's only set in 1697 or 1698. The Mormons of this world might just be the Mormons in about 120 <laughs> years. <laughs> but, like, they, their whole thing is like, oh, yeah, we, we walk around and we don't really have any items or material possessions or money or anything. But we are super cool with getting drunk and boning down. Yeah, they're and fine so with the those. common man is fine with them. Yes. Now, uh, they get powers derived from their vows. So once a day, they can a activate a power based on one of their vows, and it locks off all their other powers for the day. Yeah, um, so they're like, oh, I'm really going to focus in on that don't-touch-the-dead thing, and it gives me, like, exorcism powers and shit. And, of course, the, the uh, chapter or the subchapter on them immediately devolves into how they cheated all their rules anyway, where yeah. it's like, they're not allowed to handle money, so most of these guys wear heavy gloves all the time. Yeah, it's, well, my skin can't touch money, but... I'm not touching it. The yeah. gloves touching it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, then you've also got the oh the brothers in Violet, which are the Cossack faction. Uh, their whole thing is no, no. Are they not? I'm sorry. That's, that's the the Templars. Oh, it is. Okay. So the brothers in Violet are the Templars. The Templars. The Cossack ones are the uh, the Sun Circle or circle oh, that's or right. Whatever. Yeah. yeah the Suns. The the Sun Boys. Yeah. Them Them Sun Boys. The, them Them Sunny Boys are the uh, the Cossack faction, and they are basically great big Russian dudes who do everything all big. Yeah. They're they're Russian Orthodox who are only out in the world away from Russia because they feel really bad that everyone else is so bad at this. Yes. They're like. Man, I'm sorry you tiny little Englishmen suck at being rad and cool. Let me come over there and show you how to be a badass. First of all, you need to grow your mustache to the to the width of one radish. <laughs> yeah, so they are running around in the world being like, "Hey guys, hey, have you ever thought about how rad it is to be a Russian dude?" Yeah, so Let they're me all tell you. They, they do everything big. Even if they're like a wizard type of dude, then they're still like a big wizard type of dude. But mostly they're just like picking up little shrimpier men by their foot and and holding them aloft and and bellowing. Your, your entire vision of this book is based on the art. You yeah. just flip through this like a fucking picture book. No, didn't I, you? no. <laughs> I mean, I love that picture. Don't get me wrong. But no, the Cossacks do everything outsized. Their whole their whole deal is. I'm sorry, the sunny the sunny bros do everything outsized. Their whole deal is that they're like kind of larger than life figures. Yeah. Okay, I can't remember any of the other ones because there weren't any good pictures. Uh, so you've got uh, two different travel factions. One is mostly explorers and like oh, yeah. uh, the Pathfinders. They're the ones who are like, oh, we went to the New World. We're going into Africa. We're looking for like ways to expand and always on the borders of things. But then there's another one that's the road watching. They're the, they're the Saint something. Uh, the the one uh, the dragon Saint, slaying guy, Christopher Saint Christopher Saint. No, George Saint George Saint, is the dragon slayer, right? Yeah, but it, that's not them because oh, okay. they're they're about roads. I think Saint it is George Saint... is not about roads. He's about <laughs> dragons. You don't know. <laughs> I mean, there was only the one dragon. After Saint, he... yeah, Saint George was like, well, I killed that dragon incidentally. But let me tell you, public works is where I'm at. Infrastructure is what I'm the saint of. Look, civil engineering back in the 15 and 1600s also included dragon slaying. It's kind of like how dentists used to also be barbers, John. <laughs> uh, so these these guys are all about protecting travelers. So like if you're in a caravan going somewhere, occasionally one of these guys will just like ride up next to wherever you're going and be like, "Hey, how's it going? 
you guys uh you guys need a random weirdo to follow you around and then he'll just follow them around and make sure they get where they're going you'd tell me if you'd seen a white whale yes uh-huh. <laughs> uh okay and then uh, you've the, also got the native americans the ghost warriors or the whatever. ghost people ghost people uh they are uh they're just they, Native Americans. They're, they're, that's, that's basically that's where it. I was getting. They're, they're they're like that one Native American GI Joe that comes out of the woods and talks to kids <laughs> playing football. Um, they're yeah. they're very generic. It's oh, you went and you're fighting against spirits, so now you're a ghost person, and we won't recognize you. And that's the thing is they don't they aren't liked by their own people. So the very first paragraph on them is still like, don't confuse these for noble savages. Their lives are shitty and bloodthirsty. <laughs> It's like, okay, okay. I wasn't going to confuse them for noble savages. Don't worry. Uh, and then there's the, uh, the something of the silent hunt. And they're basically just like, what are you? Oh, we go out in the woods and we just find beasts and murder them. Like the rest of the factions. They're the ones that are the monster hunter faction. Yeah. Cause the other guys are like, oh, we'll deal with like witches and cultists and vampires and shit. And they're like, no, I'm going to go find like a giant four headed like lizard dog and murder it yeah or on a one percent chance get it as a mount <laughs> yeah <laughs> ride it around that's why i keep killing them because <laughs> there's a chance it'll drop as a mount once a week <laughs> come this, on come on you chimera <laughs> son of a bitch give me that mount oh give me the reins of you <laughs> <laughs> oh this one had reins Ooh. <laughs> Damn it, I've run that thing 300 times. Oh, this is my first time doing it. Oh, fuck you forever. <laughs> uh, is there another one? I don't remember. I uh, there's probably at least one more faction. <laughs> Let's just make one up. Uh, <laughs> no one's going to read this book. No one cares. <laughs> this book is fairly popular based on my Google history to try and find the photo of it for the for uh, the preview. Based on a, a quick Googling. Yeah, so, but I did that way before we even picked the book. But okay, uh, there, there's one more faction, and if I remember correctly, they're all, I think they're called the Daywalkers, <laughs> and uh, they are all half vampires. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, they all have like a really cool haircut, and they are powered by their cool sunglasses. <laughs> they all have a really cool haircut. Yeah. <laughs> also, That's it. Also, once per day, they can ice skate uphill. <laughs> Uh, which is weird because motherfuckers are always trying to do that. Yeah, but, but they can. But they can, and that's the whole thing. <laughs> God damn it. You were all said to be mad at me for fucking around, but it was funny, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still mad at you. I don't care. All right. So after you pick your, uh, your, what do you, I don't know what you want to call that, your clan or your order, I think it is. Yeah. The next thing is background, which is sort of, the thing your your character did in life before such time as they were a witch hunter. Yeah, because like all the witch hunters have something that made them be witch hunters. Yeah, so no, like, no one's ever like I'm a born witch hunter. It's always I, I answered a call in life. Yeah, even if like your parents were witch hunters and you want to do fucking the 1690s supernatural, then it's still oh well you pick a hunter like a regular guy hunter and then you have to get. Like your witch hunter powers later. I'm sorry, John. I'm picturing 1690 Supernatural. Oh, it's great. Isn't <laughs> that's, it? that's all that's in my head. <laughs> tis a fine dog dick, but there's no white whale English. Oh my god! <laughs> Why? Why are you like this? Who hurt you? <laughs> I had a bad weekend, John. <laughs> got a got this a is... bad weekend, and now you're just taking it out on me no, and the th audience. This is this is my like flash dance, angry dancing in a warehouse, John. This is how I do it. <laughs> 
Uh, I might throw a couple of punches into my into my uh, routine of podcasting as well. Just <laughs> so backgrounds include things like entertainer and prostitute. Yeah, it's all professions that you might have had before you figured out that oh, I should probably do something about all these goblins or whatever. <laughs> That's the thing I hate about Santa Carla. <laughs> all the goddamn goblins. <laughs> all right, so. There's a lot of backgrounds. They're all, you know, very 1690s uh, Europe and North America. Uh, each one of them is going to provide you with an ability, which is interesting. It's it's an untyped ability that each one gets. So it's things like, oh, if you're a merchant, you get the haggle ability. Or, or uh, if you're a prostitute, then you get the seduce ability. Yeah. Uh, they will also provide you with a social standing level, which tells you uh, basically how much money you can expect to make from doing jobs and what have you, and the level to which you are expected to behave. So if you're like a commoner, then no one cares if you sleep in a pigsty. But if you're a uh, if you're a rich man, then you are expected, of course. Well, I mean, if I was a rich man, uh, yeah. Well, then deedle 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 dumb, <laughs> and all day long you'd bitty bitty bum. Yeah. Uh, uh, if it, I were a wealthy man, okay. Whose fault was that? <laughs> now you're, now you're just enabling. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just feeding into it now. It's because you got it in your head from the other day, and we were talking about how that song and Big Rock Candy Mountain are brother songs, and they are the greatest songs of all time. <laughs> because they're basically telling us the dreams and hopes of someone with a very skewed worldview. It's just a very narrow idea of what good is. Yeah, so if you're a hobo in, in whenever Big Rock Candy Mountain was written, you're like, oh man, I can dream of a day where I get put in jail, but then I'm allowed to leave. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this dog's going to bite me, but it won't hurt as much because its teeth are rubber. You're like, Jesus, think bigger. <laughs> maybe maybe dogs don't bite you? <laughs> maybe. Just maybe. <laughs> anyway, the the other thing that your background gives you is your skills. Now, a lot of the backgrounds do have prerequisites, so they're like, oh, if you want to be a lawyer... Your, uh, like, your education stat needs to be high. Or if you want to be an entertainer, you've got to have a high personality or whatever. Yeah, so they have minimum requirements. And there's no random rolling here. You're choosing. Yeah. Uh, so you'll get a, a certain number of skills baseline. I'll tell you, like, it tells oh, you, you get them out for everybody. It's 15, I think, is the total number you get. Yeah, but it'll say you get specific ones automatically. Like, okay, you're a lawyer. Great. You've got the ability to have, like, profession law. And you know how to read and you know how to do research and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But then it'll give you uh, generic points to put into the different categories. Yes, so, so you get a couple of basically elective skills, but they still have to fall into the categories of skills we mentioned earlier. Yeah, so there are the five categories. So, like, I've just got it open to lawyer. So you're going to get one point to put into fighting, mm -hmm. but you're going to get four points to put into professional skills. Yeah, as an unfrozen caveman lawyer, I'm going to put my one fighting point into club. Good. Yeah. That'll be hand-to-hand. To yes. hand. To hand to hand to club. Hand to hand to club to hand. <laughs> All right. Uh, so there's a number of those. Uh, you choose your order and your background, and that's kind of what's really going to get you a start on your character. At that point, you move on to point uh, assembly where you build your stats. In this game, human average is a two. Yeah, you start with a two and everything, which yeah. is slightly different than white wolf if only because normally you start with a one and everything but oh to be fair that's just extra homework that white wolf makes you do well yeah because normally you're gonna go well i should probably have the baseline human average of two and everything unless i'm specifically trying to min max and putting a one in something so i can up it for cheap later and get that point into something else yeah but now you're talking xp versus bp and it's the kind of shit that no it's we're, we're, we're way in the weeds we're way more in the weeds than me talking about anime and by the way john did you know that anime is blood? <laughs> hmm. Anime is blood. Yes, thank you. Okay, so 
<laughs> and did you know that if you want to watch anime, Crunchyroll.com has got you. <laughs> Why, we've got all the best anime. <laughs> who is it who does all the Crunchyroll shit but is like a big... Uh, I forget now. Oh, it's um, uh, Cinema Sins. Yeah, Cinema Sins is straight up in big in the pocket of big crunchy roll. Well, they used they used to be in Nature Box, and then they've they've moved on. Yeah, but Cinema Sins is intolerable intolerable garbage. <laughs> They're wrong ninety nine percent of the time, and half the sins they list are just this woman is hot. Oh. And you hit a little ding, and they'll put the sin up, and they'll be like, "There's Scarlett Johansson in a in a bodysuit again." And I'm like, "What? What's the metric by which something is a sin? <laughs> is, what is?" What is happening? Also, quit say, quit saying puns about Deus Ex Machina. I don't think you know what it means. Oh, you're so salty. I'm, I really dislike Cinema Sins. That's fine. You can dislike Cinema Sins. Thank you. Because we have our own podcast about movies and how they are bad. And I like to think we hold ourselves to a higher standard than those dipshits. That, that's exactly what we do. Mm-hmm. There's no one with higher standards of quality than us. Why? Just listen to this episode to figure out the high standards of quality well, okay. we've got. To be fair, this is a system mastery episode. That's my baby. I have no standards. <laughs> Movie mastery is really more in your domain. And, of course, we all regard you as a highly trained professional. It's true. Yeah. I, I've got a degree in this shit. I know what i'm talking about <laughs> whereas in this show it's mostly just dicking around <laughs> dicking around okay but okay uh so basically you start with stats and two and everything and this book does the very white wolf thing of having a little chart for every single st- attribute you can have with like one you are weak and and wimply uh, people often push you around and push you into the mud and kick your sandcastle over. Two, you are normal human strength. No one will kick your sandcastle over, but someone might push you into the surf. Three, you are pretty good at dodgeball. Four, you could lift a greased pig. That kind of thing. You know, where it's not actually I'm really useful. really sad that you abandoned Hero of the Beach as your <laughs> metric for strength after two. Well, okay, fine. Five. Hero of the Beach. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. But four is still you can pick up a grease-head pig. <laughs> a grease-head pig. <laughs> you don't know. Those Atlas comics got pretty weird after a while. <laughs> they got real strange. <laughs> Girls on the beach won't talk to me, and my grease-head pig keeps escaping. <laughs> Girls won't talk to me unless I have a greased pig that I'm currently holding. <laughs> Make yourself a muscle man with Atlas bodybuilding products. No grease-ed pig shall escape your sight. Jesus Christ. Wait, now, hang on. I think I just turned it into part of the, the Green Lantern yeah. oath. The, the, you mean the Greased Lantern oath? Yes, the Greased Lantern. Why, it's Greased Lantern. <laughs> Shoot, my powers don't work on greasy yellow things. Which, I mean, let's be fair, is a lot of things. <laughs> so... Like I was saying, you have to put points into your stats. And and like I was saying, it does the White Wolf thing where it gives you those stupid arbitrary descriptions of what each point of every single attribute is. And you immediately glaze over it because who gives a shit what a four dexterity is versus a five. It costs, of your hundred points, you get in attributes. And keep in mind, all of your attributes start at two. Ten points to move from a two to a three. Twenty points to move from a three to a four. Forty points, thirty points, excuse me, to move from a four to a five. So it's 60 points if you want a 5 in an attribute. That is correct. Which means you can have a 5, 4, and 3, and then the rest of your stats is 2s. You're also allowed to move any attribute you would like from a 20 to a, t- or from a 2 to a 1 in exchange for 10 free points. Yeah. Alright. Uh, the, uh, the way stats work in this though, there are definitely certain ones where you're gonna wanna bump at least 1 to 3, uh, because in Dice pools in this game are garbage. Oh, yeah. They're just awful. Like, uh, defense in this game, uh, normally in White Wolf, 
defense is either a static value you have to beat or it's a roll against. So in old White Wolf, it would be like, all right, I'm going to roll my defense against your attack and see if I can beat your roll to defend. Mm -hmm. Whereas in this, you roll the average of your agility and toughness, round it up, and then any successes you get are defense points that will subtract from the successes to hit you, Yeah, which means on average you will have two dice. So you want to make your agi or toughness up to three, but if you do it to both, then you just you haven't gotten anything. You might want to bump one of them to four, because then it'll go up to four. This is a problem with games that use average of two stats, though. You see this a lot. The, the one that's even worse, and this book does this as well, is use the least of the of the following two ability or attribute stats. Yeah. Which means that there's often no point to raising one unless you can also raise the other. Yeah. So, I mean, especially for uh, certain special powers in this book, will be like, oh, use the worst of these two different attributes. You go, eh. One of them, I believe it's the brothers in viol- in violet or in violet or whatever that in word violet. is. In violet. Uh, have the ability to give themselves a boost equal to the, their lowest stat in terms of dice for the day. Yeah. Which means that they're basically rewarded for not, for keeping all their stats at like three or higher. Yeah. Like, so for them, you're like, oh, instead of getting a five or a four in anything, I'm just going to spend all my points like, spend 90 points to bump everything to a 3 and not worry about it. Yeah, because otherwise you only get two off your bo- two uh, extra dice for your bonus ability. Okay, uh, and the other problem in this game that separates it from White Wolf, because what we've been talking about so far is how this game is very similar to Exalted. There's some things that they didn't like about Exalted that they either removed or changed, always to make the dice, ro- dice pools smaller. So, first of all, uh, you have a maximum ability or skilled uh, rating of whatever your attribute that's rel- linked to it is. So, for yeah, example... You you are capped on your skill for the uh, corresponding attribute. Which so means like, if climbing you strength, yeah. is strength. So if I've got a 2 in strength, I can only have a 2 in climbing. Now, that that's that has not been the case in Exalted as far as I know. No, in or in White Wolf at all. And here's the thing that makes it so amusing. Uh, let's say your character... Because this game introduces something, which I don't remember seeing all that much of in Exalted, ability damage. Even though your characters have abilities that range from 1 to 5, it's rather common for you to take hits of like, oh, you lose two points of strength until such time as you can visit a physic or a surgeon. Uh, if that happens, it also reduces the cap die on your abilities. So let's say you have a 3 in strength and a 3 in climbing, and you take two points of strength damage. You now have a 1 in strength and a 1 in climbing, because getting hit in your muscles removes the technical details about climbing that you have learned through years of experience and practice. Yeah. The way that they treat skills in this are very weird Mm -hmm. because everyone, like in Exalted and White Wolf stuff in general, it used to be if you didn't have the skill, you could rely on your stat, but it would be like half of your stat is what Mm -hmm. you could roll. Whereas you can always roll your full stat for any given skill, it's just having skill points gives you extra dice for it. Yes, but they, they feel like extensions of the attribute and not like their own technical knowledge that you're gaining. No, I mean, it's it's one of the things, like, I could have, you know, a in this one, I guess it's education is the stat that would be intelligence normally. Yeah. But uh, I could have, like, an education of two, but I couldn't say, oh, but I studied like, law a bunch and have a four in law because I specifically know about that. No, you're too dumb, yeah. Can't do it. Yeah. Also in abilities, something I found hilarious is the big charts of the four different social kind of attack abilities you have, 
which are, you know, like charm, intimidate, command, and uh, one other. I don't remember what it is, but they're, I think it might be haggle. But they're all like kind of the social attacks you can use on people to get your way from them. Yeah. Uh, they all have a success chart. So if it's like, oh, okay, I have four dice to attempt to charm this person. I will roll them. I got two successes. They view me with some trepidation, but may be willing to help me, which is amusing because the botch is always, you know, the opposite of your intended effect. Like, I'll try to charm this person. You, they find you uncharmable. In fact, they think that you are morally disgusting and may try to find goblins to poke you. <laughs> that kind of thing. But it's amusing to me because it's just those four that get the charts. Like, I kind of wanted one for marksmanship where it was like, did you shoot at someone in botch? They think that you are the worst gunman ever. They will spend the rest of your life showing up at your birthday parties and pushing your face into the cake. <laughs> Hero of the cake. <laughs> I don't. It's just weird that they felt like they needed to codify how you fall on your face with four of the skills and not the remaining 21 skills. Yeah. It's, eh, I mean, that's standard nonsense from these games where they're like, oh, was this a thing where you had to... Roll dice and see how you interact with someone. Well, if you botch, it's because you pooped your pants and fell over. <laughs> you farted plums so hard that you wrote your name on the adjoining wall of the elementary school. You just farted your way to the moon. <laughs> the the big thing for me uh, in this, like we mentioned, the game goes out of its way to make it so that your dice pools are lower. Yes, they are very low. The, and the way combat works is... You can see that especially in this. Normally in a White Wolf game, uh, you would have, say, an accuracy bonus. Mm -hmm. So you'd be using a gun and be like, oh, this has an accuracy of plus one. Or if you were using something that was like particularly heavy and unwieldy that was like, this does a ton of damage, but it's minus one to oh, your yeah. accuracy. Like for Exalted, if you were swinging around one of the massive jade hammery things that they have in there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But in this Every single weapon has a complexity rating, and the complexity is how many dice you lose. Yes. And it doesn't matter what it is. Like, a knife has a complexity rating. Would you like to hear the complexity ratings that are at zero, John, so I can prove to you that I read this fucking book? Yeah, sure. There are three. There are There's three. a picture of it, and... <laughs> There's a cool picture of a Russian dude next to it, so I, I read it. Well, you see, I had to color in the section that said what the three things at zero were, so I paid attention to but it. But the next page had too much exposed boobs, so I skipped it, because I would get in trouble. <laughs> the no. next page had a picture find. <laughs> I'm sorry, were we supposed to read a RPG? I was just reading highlights. I'm afraid I was just reading the back of a box of Cheerios, John, but if it helps, the word search contained the, 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 the word honey. Oh, good. <laughs> I, I was just doing the maze on the back of a Lucky Charms, and boy, howdy, did I help Lucky find his cereal. I cut out the Scott Bakula mask and wore it around in the yard. <laughs> What the fuck came with a Scott Bakula mask? Oh, it was a really broken backs of uh, Count Chocula. It was it was it was Count Bakula. <laughs> oh, Count Bakula! I would eat that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Okay. So moving forward, there are three weapons in the game that have a complexity rating of zero. They are the dagger, the spear, and for some fucking reason, the javelin. <laughs> I'm just gonna ask you real quick here, John. Have you ever tried to throw a javelin? I haven't. I imagine it would be difficult because every time I watch someone going to throw it, it's all floppity. Yes, I have done it because one time when I was in high school, I took an elective course for a uh, once uh, for an off season between water polo and swimming, which was just do all the track and field shit that no one wants to do. <laughs> so in that time period, I learned how to do hammer throw, shot put, pole vaulting, and javelin throws. And it turns out the javelins are really, really hard to throw. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, for some reason, those have a complexity rating of zero, but say, for example, a thrown knife has a complexity rating of one. Yeah. And it goes up from there. Usually around one or two is what you'll get. You know, if you're using some giant, like, scythe or hammer or some shit, then it'll go to three. Yeah, and but, the guns often, uh, guns and the heavy crossbows have ones and twos and threes as well. Oh, yeah, because if you're going to use, like, a huge arquebus or whatever, it's well, going to be way more complex. The one that amuses me the, the most is the blunderbuss, which is basically a, a five-foot square shotgun, isn't it? shoots a shotgun blast out to a five-foot square. Yeah. It has a complexity rating of star-star. And when I looked up what the complexity rating of Star Star means, it just explained how it works as a shotgun and did not explain why they put that asterisk in the complexity rating section instead of anywhere else on the weapon. It doesn't have a complexity rating. It just has those asterisks. <laughs> also, this uh, book has no index. No, that's... God, I fucking hate books that don't have an index. Because there was a point where I was like, oh, I want to look up what the exchange rate is between, like shillings and farthings yeah and i couldn't just go to the back index and look up money or whatever i had to go into the front table of contents and go all right where would that most likely be chapter wise see i didn't the fact that the book has an index doesn't have an index has nothing to do with the point i was making earlier i just really wanted you on my side so i just listed the thing that would make you the angriest oh, I <laughs> that's all i was doing the so as i was mentioning before about the weapons it's baseline the assumption is you will lose dice yes and it's the same thing for pretty much anything you do the uh oddly enough damnation is one of the things that we had mentioned you have hero points which sort of give you their brownie the points slash bonus. xp it's like oh i can roll another die or i can stay conscious when i would otherwise fall unconscious my my least favorite well finish your point before we get into what the, my least favorite yeah. thing about hero points is uh and then you've got uh some other things you can do like true faith which lets you do it's, basically nothing but it's just there for like powering spells and it whatnot. can power spells let you use certain relics and let you buy off damnation if you've got too much damnation the damnation is you have uh, virtues and sins in this. Mm -hmm. And it's it's the seven virtues and the seven deadly sins. That's pretty much what you get to pick from. Yep. Uh, but if you pick one of the sins, then you can activate it sort of like a compel in fate where uh, you'll get a, a bonus to something, but it fucks you up because it gives you damnation. Oh, my God, the example, though. <laughs> the Well, the example's stupid. But anyway, <laughs> my forward. point is... Press on, sir. <laughs> the... Weird thing with damnation is for every point of damnation you have, you lose a die off of any social interaction with someone that isn't corrupt. Mm -hmm. So if you're dealing with any, you know, baseline NPC or other witch hunter or anything like that, uh, every point of damnation will make it so that you lose dice off of that. It basically just fucks you over. I like how the book also ignores this stuff when it makes their examples look stupid. Like, for example, I mean, I'm sure it's just an accident, but when we were talking about marksmanship earlier, marksmanship has the example table of, okay, uh, the gun you are attempting to shoot has a complexity rating of two, and you have an ability of three, and you have a skill of three in your gun. So we add three to three and subtract two, and we get six dice that we're going to roll. Yeah, no, I'm not. This book could definitely have used someone to go through and edit it better. That is true. It, does spell, it spells actor with an E more than once. Yep. The, uh, the book has a lot of goofy little things like that the whole <laughs> three plus three minus two equals six and <laughs> pretty rough uh a lot of misspellings and grammar errors and stuff like that but uh, that's okay I, I'm, I'm being I mostly, facetious i mostly you, don't fuck a book over too much for that because 
most of the books we read are weird little indie things, so they can't really afford someone to go through and do that. This had a pretty big group. This had, I, I, cause I went through the, uh, the, once again, while I was reading this book, for, uh-huh, for definitely real, for real reading this book, I opened it up and read the foreword and the list of people who wrote it. Cause I was trying to see if there were any, like, cast-offs from White Wolf that got picked up and brought in to write this stuff. Yeah. Although, I don't know why I would bother with that. I feel like you and I could probably write a pretty competent fake White Wolf book if we needed to. Oh, I could definitely write a White Wolf book just, right now. Just crap out the basics in a, in a hurry. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know why I was doing that. Can I can I briefly just tell you the example from The Virtues and Vices? Sure. Okay. Go ahead. All right. I know you've been dying to get this out there. Well, you want to talk about this, too. Come on. Don't don't you lie. This is fucking hilarious. <laughs> and it leads to a specific idea of what the, these people thought this game would look like in play. So the Vices section features a example where a character whose vice is lusty, so they are routinely tempted to do lustful and sinful uh, uh, sins of the flesh and body. And they're part of a team that has to go up into a building and steal a book. So he goes upstairs in this building and sits down at the desk of the magistrate from who's, from whom he must steal the book. And the DM is like, okay, well, while you're trying to do that, a maid most buxom approaches you from behind and, and attempts to, to, uh, engender a liaison with you. What, what is your decision? <laughs> you're like, okay, I get that as the GM, you were looking at this guy's sheet and you're like, oh, he's got the, the lust. Uh, sin thing going on. Okay, uh, I guess I I should probably use that because as a good GM, I will use the hooks that the players have given me. But I can't think of a way to do it that isn't fucking stupid. So, so a uh, random boob lady comes up behind you and wants to thrice bone. What is your choice? <laughs> do you want to throw down with this chick? <laughs> and you're like, okay, well... On one hand, no, that didn't happen. That has never happened. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. No, no hot woman came into the magistrate's office, saw a stranger at the desk, and was like, "Yo, give me that D. <laughs> Do it." It's just such a weird, random thing, and it, it reads as an interesting combination of basically exploitative and also awkward. Yeah. Where you know the DM's like, so this lady would like to bone down. Would you like to role play this encounter? Oh, dare you enter her magical realm? <laughs> but on the other hand, you're, you're, I mean, the, you're right. The DM basically is like, I have to interact with the fact that this guy chose lustful. Uh, uh, a, an object of your lust appears. Yeah. I mean, the way it's written is poorly done. If it had been like, oh, the magistrate's wife or something appears and, She's in her dressing gown, and mm-hmm. oh goodness, you can see the curve of her bodice. And you're like, okay, great, <laughs> sure. Why there's more whalebone in her corset than there is in a whale? <laughs> Wait a minute, she is a whale. <laughs> Suddenly, Gay Ahab appears. Gay Ahab as the worst character. Okay, so <laughs> to anyone who doesn't listen to Expounded Universe, by the way, Gay Ahab. Go listen to Expounding yeah, Universe. I don't know why you were going to start with that with anything other than please go listen to <laughs> please, it. Please just go listen to it. It's so good. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, once you've chosen your abilities and your uh, your virtue and your vice, by the way, your virtue does give you a fate-style compel where it's like if you engage in, in your sin, then you get a bonus, but you also get a point of damnation. So it'll be things like, I am wrathful. Okay, I can double my combat dice for one action, but I get a damnation point if I engage in my sin of wrath. Yeah. Your virtue, on the other hand, is just a role-playing aid. It doesn't have any bonuses or mechanics. No. If, you, if you're like, oh, my virtue is that I'm, you know, chased. Yeah. Then it's like, sorry, ladies, 
no dick for you. Mm-hmm. Like, good, great, I'm glad. Yeah. But if it turns out that some buxom lady comes behind you and is like, hey, gimme. <laughs> gimme that. I incongruously want to bone down with you. <laughs> for some reason, it's 1690, and yet I have come up behind you and said, hey, how about we fuck? I mean, I assume that that sort of thing happened in 1697 because there's still people. But it feels like it would have been, I mean, to be fair, to be very fair to the book, it doesn't say this lady comes up behind you and wants to thrice bone ye- thee. It's something like she wants to arrange a liaison or engender a future encounter or something like that, yeah. which really just means she comes up behind you and is like, hey, let me get them digits. <laughs> yo, yo, where you at? <laughs> what what room are you staying in? Give me the key. Yeah, so uh, so it, it's, it's a little more fair than that. But even then, it's still like, Oh, okay, yes, I would happily give this lady the the key to my hotel room after I pick up this book. I can do both. Yeah. Or, you know, if she's like, straight, right now, let us do this. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, you go ahead and take off that, like, 30 layers of nonsense you're currently wearing. Mm -hmm. By the time you are done, I will have taken this book, gone downstairs to my friends, given it to them, come back up, and then you will have gotten through maybe half of it. Yeah, you'll have a whole team of maidservants in here helping you unlace something, and I'll be like... Are you ready to go? Are you ready? Come on, because uh, my breeches just fall right off, lady. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> There's also magic in this game. It works exactly the same as skills, but you have to buy the individual bits of it with additional, basically, oh, they're called talents or something, but this game basically has feats. Yeah. Well, man. <laughs> they're the boring. Other... Let's, be, let's be clear. They're boring. Oh, they're all very boring. It's like, hey, you can run and still be agile. Okay. Eh. Well, it, which is wonderful. There's a lot of – this is one of my favorite things in here. Acrobatics as, an, as a skill. It, all it does is you can attempt an acrobatic maneuver. What does an acrobatic maneuver do? It doesn't matter. It do, who cares? Their example is a lady is fighting three cultists, and she's standing on a table, and they are surrounding her, and she uses the acrobatic skill to backflip away. Okay. It, but you know, I guess that would be countered by – she not uses the acrobatic skill and jumps away? I guess. I, I don't know. We don't know what the mechanic for opportunity attacks or moving through dangerous combat is in this game because it's not a game that uses a tactical grid. No, it is all theater of the mind, and yet, like so many theater of the mind games, it decides to put in dumb, fiddly like yardage and foot measurements for things. So, for example, in acrobatics, if you succeed on your, your difficulty set by the, the game master, then you can do your acrobatic maneuver each additional success above the target difficulty allows you to move an additional yard upon landing from your acrobatic maneuver than the amount that you originally intended to move. Oh, well, that's great. Let me just go ahead and not give a fuck because there's no measurement here. Yes. There's not even a, like, oh, I'm at close range and I'm at far range or whatever. It's just, hey, am I close enough to do a thing? Ask the GM. It's theater of the mind. Yes, and yet uh, about a third of the talents in this game find themselves concerned with things like you may close distance while waving about a cavalry saber. Good. Great. Thanks. Yeah. It, they're, they're just a, a bunch of trap options. It just doesn't. And there's all this stuff for, like, the speed of overland travel. In this game, if anything, that stuff might actually be more valuable than the, than the precise tactical maneuvering in here. Oh, yeah. Because it's pure theater of the mind. Yeah, at least with overland travel, you're like, well, this village is 10 miles away, and how fast can I get there with overland travel? This fast. Okay, great. (laughs) So, all right. Uh, Like I was saying, one of the talents you can purchase, actually something like nine of the talents you can purchase, are various circle ranges in various traditions of magical casting. Which, again, is very ripped off from Exalted because each of the castings are 
three circles of magic, mm-hmm. which is the exalted way of doing magic, is there are three circles of magic. So there are six different rites of magic that you can train in, and they just basically pertain to different types of folkloric magic casting. So you've got animism, which is basically what Native Americans do in this book, where they can they can do natural effects faster than they would normally happen. Yeah. You've got... Uh, Let's see, Hermeticism, which is the ancient book-learning magic. It's like doing seals and things like that. It's picked up from... Yeah, it's doing seal. (laughs) She said I'd blown a seal. (laughs) No, it's just ice cream. (laughs) So, okay. No, I I said fix the damn thing and leave my private life out of this, okay, pal? Because we're we're reciting Dr. Demento-era wet dream songs is what we're doing right now. Uh, Okay, back to it. There's also prayer. Uh, which is, it's literally, it's like praying for miracles. Uh, it has very slight effects that are not noticeable, specifically because God works in mysterious ways. And those are the only three you can do that are good guy ones. Good guy ones. Yes. So, unless you are a bad person, because the other ones are like Diabolism. witchcraft and necromancy and shit like that. Yeah, the other three are, like he was saying, witchcraft and necromancy, and then the third one is Diabolism, which is the, the contact with, with Satan directly. Yeah, Diabloism, where yeah. you just <laughs> run around in the same dungeon over and over again looking for drops. It's Diabloism. Where you do bail runs until you finally get that weapon that does all three kinds of elemental damage. Yay! I'm, I'm afraid all of my references to Diablo are based on Diablo 2 because I had to quit and I didn't really go back to Diablo 3. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, that's basically it. There, This also includes, if you don't want to be a wizard... You can spend your talents on getting fighting styles. Yes. And the fighting styles also have, like, three circles of talents you can take in them. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, it's, it's too little too late, basically. It gives you them, but just like it does with magic, because every spell takes ten minutes to cast and a bunch of money and, like, servants, and you have to draw a big circle. None of it's combat-derived. It Basically, with fighting styles, they provide minuscule, paltry little bonuses that don't really change the way you play. Well, I mean, it'll be like, oh, I get a minor talent in this, and as long as I have a rapier in my hand, I get one bonus defense point. Okay. Yeah, sure. Good. Fun. What, what good, a great good time. Good times. That's, that's good. good. I love good, it. Good times had by all. Oh, man. Instead of having one defense point, I have two. Yay. When people swing at me, oh god, the, the difficulties in this game, they basically kept the challenge ratings from Exalted without taking into account the die pools of Exalted. Yeah. So, for example, just as a quick example, the difficulty on average to, not on average, the listed difficulty to steer a rowboat huh. in the row skill, just to make the rowboat change directions, is two. Now, the best peasant in the world at rowboating, with a two in his strength, and a two in his rowboating, Yep. Will fail to steer a rowboat on average. Yeah. And this is a regular human, like average human strength, and they care about rowboats. Yeah, to the point where they've taken as much rowboat training as they can. Yeah. They can't go to advanced rowboat classes yet because they just ain't got the brain smarts. Well, they just ain't got the strength for it. Oh, yeah, yeah, they it doesn't got... matter how smart yeah, they are. That's right. They can't take any more classes at the local uh, college because they ain't got the muscle smarts. Yeah, in order in order to get in the door, you have to push the door open, which requires a certain level of muscle. Yes, and that's so, how you know. So you can't. So the average person, like with an average strength of two and as much rowboat training as a two strength will allow them, cannot turn a rowboat half the time. Half more than half the time. It's it's dumb. It's, it's it's real bad and dumb. It's 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 the sort of thing where if they had been ripping off from White Wolf and then they stopped and went, oh wait a minute, we've reduced all the numbers except the target difficulties. Do you think we should fix that? 
And then they were like, nah, let's pile on more new difficulties. Yeah, the game just does not want you to succeed. It really forces you to do stuff like, oh, well, I have to have a 5 in a stat and then a 5 in any skill associated with it just so that I have a chance to do things because this game is so penalizing yeah. to anything you want to do. Mm-hmm. Now, there's one more dumb thing I want to talk about real quick before we get to the favorites and least favorites. And it's you. It's me. John, I've been real dumb today. I've been an ass, and I've been obstructing from trying to actually talk about this book. I want to apologize to you. I want to apologize to my parents. I want to apologize to our listeners. Listeners, I apologize. Why did you become oddly Obama-esque there? I don't know. I want to apologize to the listeners. I want to apologize to... Uh, all of my people here. <laughs> yeah, that's. I was trying to do Obama and not doing very well. No, I don't know why I turned into him for a minute. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Great. Uh, the last dumb thing I want to talk about is the final thing you can do with the expenditure of one hero point. One hero point. And you know what I'm talking about. With your The fifth thing you can do with a hero point is expend it to use any talent in the game that you do not have, but that you do have the prerequisites for. Yeah. Now, there, there are, are about... 80 of these? Yeah, there's a ton of talents in here, and they really are like D&D feats, where it's like, yes. you know, oh, I've got Agile Runner or, you know, Fast Shot or whatever. Yes. But the fact that you can spend a hero point to, like, for a turn, have one of these feats just means you've got to either have written down all of the things you qualify for on a piece of paper Mm -hmm. so that whenever you spend it, you can go, all right, and I'll take this one. Yeah. Or you have to memorize like 40 different things. Or more realistically, what's actually going to happen is you are going to stop the game at a dead halt while you read the entire talent section. Yeah. You're going to be like, hey, hold on. Can I see the book real quick? And by real quick, you mean I'm going to flip open to the talent section and read all of them. To find the one that would be advantageous to me in this one weird situation. Yeah. So, that that's a bit of a problem. Yeah, that one... I like the idea of being able to do that, but when you put it in a system where there are so many options, mm-hmm. then it becomes a, uh, a paralysis uh, point, because... If it was like, oh, I've got 10 different things I could pick from, sure, that's not going to take long. But once you bump it up to, like, there's 50 things you could pick from, that's going to take way too long. It's Yeah, it's one of those problems you encounter in, like, D&D where, it, where uh, they don't consider the previous books they wrote when they introduce a new one. And the next thing you know, you've got a guy who can offensively teleport the sun around. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's a bit of a mistake. Uh, the thing I do enjoy about it, though, is that one of the talents in the game that you can use this for with a minimum investment in your uh, mental abilities, is dilettante, which is you are rich and have 1d10 pounds times 1d10. <laughs> so if you're like, I need some money, I'm going to use my hero point to activate dilettante, which is ability I don't have, and then have, I don't know, a couple of pounds, and uh, then I won't anymore. <laughs> yeah, and then I only have it for the round, and then it's gone. I spend it right now. I spend it this round. I also like the dilettante power because it's one of those multiply a, a die by another die things, and you're like, ooh, I can start my character off rich. I have 12 pounds to start, and then I'll roll a d10 and multiply it by another d10. Ooh, one pound. (laughs) Yeah, I rolled a one twice. I got a pound. That was worth an entire talent. Look out, world. Here I come with my one shiny pound sterling. Yay. (laughs) Yeah. That's the sort of thing where they should think about it for a second and go, no, let's make it 10 times one d10, or even better, not a random number. Yeah. Just you it, take this it, ability, you, you get, gain fifty pounds. Yeah, you just get some pounds. Yeah, but instead we have to do with something stupid where it can be anywhere between one and one hundred. 
Yeah. Blech. Okay. So that's I've said my piece. Good. Uh, John, what would you say is your favorite thing about Witch Hunter the Invisible World? Uh, favorite thing in the book, I I do like the option of the fighting styles. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the problems with having, like, magic in a game like this is if you don't have something else, then it feels like you have to do that. Because if it was just, everyone's got a baseline number of skills, and then you can spend your talents, and some of them are going to go into being able to, like, I can possess a wolf, and someone else is like, oh, I run an extra yard, then, you know, you're probably going to put it into doing the the goofy magic. Having the ability to go, oh, I'm in, like, the Spanish fencing school, or I learned how to do, like, fighting from the French, or whatever it happens to be, at least you have an option of where to put that if you want to do that. Speaking of... Oh, good, good. I like that. That's my favorite. Speaking of animal training, John, did you know that the difficulty in this game to get an animal to attack something at all is four? Good. So, for example, if you have trained attack dogs, you're some kind of goddamn wizard. <laughs> because if you're a normal average human, you literally can't roll that. I mean, you can get four dice, but it's not going to happen very often. No. You can be like, get them, Dobermans, that I have trained since birth to get them. And the Dobermans will be like, no, eh. no I don't, uh-uh, no, eh. I'm, I'm good. I'm all right. So, now, now, John has accused me of not reading this book, so I'm going to tell you what my favorite thing is here, if, if, if I may. Uh-huh. Okay, my favorite thing about it, Witch Hunter the Invisible World is that it is... A world where you it's invisible and you hunt witches, and that has been my book report, and I hope you enjoyed hearing it as much as I enjoyed reading it. Yeah, good. Thanks. Uh, no. Uh, my favorite thing in this book is the, is the backstory stuff, mm-hmm. because I like that they actually incorporated what witches and witchcraft and so on would do to the ancient world. Yeah, it's nice to have a world that's White Wolf-esque, but it actually fucks with things. Now, I'm, I'm giving this with a grain of salt, because... My initial complaint remains true. Other than Native Americans, uh, like North Americans, all the people in this book that aren't like white Europeans are basically mysterious monsters. <laughs> so that's a bit of a problem. But, but you know, I like the idea that, oh, everyone kind of knows that there's vampires and werewolves out there and the world has changed accordingly. Like, for example, the Salem witch trials should really be a big part of this book, and they're not because people actually hang witches all the time. Now, let's not dive down that rabbit hole too far. Huh. Because generally speaking, anytime people are like the Salem witch trials, but the witches are real, is you know identical to saying you know the Holocaust, but the Jews deserved it. Yeah. So don't don't do that and don't play the game that way. I guess is <laughs> my advice. Don't do it. Yeah. Okay. But I do like the backstory of this book. It's interesting. It's an interesting alternate history, and there's some cool magicy elements to it, like how after the Great Fire of London, a magical effect happened that made it impossible to remember things from before 1666. Yeah, there's a very large uh, group of people that are like, oh, we are super awesome and powerful because we have all of these records Mm -hmm. that we can look at that are shit that happened before this. Yeah, yeah. And and now to quote uh, the, oh gosh, I forget the name of the band, but it's it's all those memories have faded, like looking through a fart mirror. (laughs) What? (laughs) Never mind. Moving forward, uh, what's your least favorite thing? Uh, I mean, I really do want to say that it doesn't have an index. What fucking book doesn't have an index? God damn it, that pisses me off yeah. so much. Books like this need indexes. I mean, I'm not... I, I know indices add a tremendous amount of work to the publishing process because 
you know, you, you don't know your page count because you don't know how the art layout's going to work and what the bleed margins are and all that other junk that's, that's going to be at the publisher's end. But it's an extra step you need to take. Yeah. Because the players aren't going to remember what page one little detail is on. Well, especially for any uh, role-playing game like this where rules are spread out all over the book, if you're like, oh, I'm looking for specifically the rule on, like, charm, I don't want to have to go through every single ability and go, like, all right, where is it? Where's the thing? All right, finally I found it. Just give me an index. It says charm, page, you know, 42, great, done. Yeah, fair enough. No index. Yeah, I hate it. I yeah. fucking hate it. What is your least favorite thing? <sighs> Here's the thing. This book has seduction mechanics in it, right? Like, yeah. there's a couple, they're, they're spread out in a couple of different places, cause you can play a prostitute, or you can pay a person who used to be a prostitute, you can take the prostituting skill, you can take the trade skill, prostitute, <laughs> uh, so, so there's all these, and then you can also take charm, of which a subset is seduction. There is a part of the seduction mechanics that specifically calls out that you can use this to seduce a person who would ordinarily be attracted to your gender. Yeah. Now, I know that that's just some linguistic unnecessariness. Like, you could, like, what they, what they really mean is, if you're gay, you can use the, or if you're a man, you can use this to seduce a, a straight woman or a gay man. Yeah. Or, you know, bisexual, whatever. Right? So, or, the, uh, sexuality is a spectrum. You know what I mean? But, um, the, the problem is that by saying a person who is ordinarily attracted to your gender, what, they, they leave the linguistic possibility open that they, that you mean, gay people in this world cannot be seduced because they are not ordinarily attracted to the gender that they are ordinarily attracted to. Well, gay people are ordinarily <laughs> attracted to uh Yeah, but the way, the way the linguistics are written, it, it makes it look like you could use this on a man because men are ordinarily attracted to women. Nah. It's, it's, uh, what I, all I'm saying, I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong. All I'm saying is that it's frippery that could have been avoided by just saying you can use this to seduce people. Yeah, but they were specifically like, yeah, but if you are a lady, you can't seduce a gay guy, is essentially what they're trying to say there. That's the sort of thing that you don't need to say. Like, that's like ha including a, a notation in the lifting skill that says, by the way, you can't use this to lift things that are nailed to things. Or, <laughs> by the way, you can't use this to lift mountains. Oh, well, I mean, you could. You can't use this to lift things that have no weight. You can't, like, for example, lift the concept of hope. <laughs> like, it's unnecessary. All I'm saying is... And this has always been my point with these seduction mechanics is the less words, the better. You can use this to seduce people. If your player attempts to seduce someone and it fails, you can resolve why in-game. Yeah. That's, that's all. That's all. Yeah. Otherwise, I've got a million things that are my least favorite thing about this game, but that's because I've been grumpy all weekend long. So goddamn grumpy. Yeah. So I'm going to leave it at that instead of the many other things. Uh, not enough cool pictures of Russians. <laughs> yeah. That's it. <laughs> this game didn't have enough cool pictures. <laughs> The, my my least favorite thing in this game is the jumble was too easy. <laughs> A child has already completed it, and the answer was fries. <laughs> uh, All right, would you play Witch Hunter: The Invisible World? I would not. I there are better White Wolf games that are actually White Wolf games. There's just better games that have this generic idea of being a like monster hunter in this secret world of all these creatures and whatnot and it just the way that this works isn't it's not good enough to, yeah to as a ripoff it doesn't work well enough mm -hmm. so would you no this is just a greasy mirror white wolf and i'm all set yeah i don't i don't need to play the like 
horrible knockoff from the 99 cent store of a White Wolf game. I feel real bad for whoever wrote this book that we're calling it that, but I mean, come on, guys. You wrote a White Wolf game. Yeah, you, you, you really, really did. <laughs> I don't know what happened here, but... But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like I would necessarily, this is like my least favorite thing to play anyway, is this like Puritan period where witches are real and everyone's wearing a wide brimmed hat and calling each other father. I'm good. You know, it's just, it's just <laughs> yeah. not my favorite genre. Now, if everyone was wearing a wide brim hat and calling each other daddy, now that. Yes. No, I would play this game if it was the kinky version. <laughs> <laughs> if this was the hot, horny version of Witch Hunter, then boy, howdy, would I be on board. <laughs> you have to catch these illicit witches and thrice bone them. <laughs> Yeah, all right, fine. I would play this game if it was a B-movie directed by Jim Vynorski. <laughs> there you go. Like the Witch's Breastwick or something. I, I'd play that version of this. Good. I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> all right. Um, so I think, I think that's it. I think we're done. Uh, thank you so much for listening, as always, folks. Uh, there's going to be bonus content coming if you want to hear characters create or hear about characters created in the Witch Hunter the Invisible World engine. Merely stay tuned or support us on Patreon because that's the way you get them. Go to patreon.com slash system mastery. Give us as little as a single dollar per episode and of, of system mastery only. You don't get charged for all the other mini things we do and you will unlock the bonus content of which more is coming. Also, uh, if you want to find us and talk to us, you can do that at System Mastery at a wide variety of locations. For example, System Mastery is our handle at Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit. Uh, other places, too, if you keep looking. But there's many secret ones hidden out, out there in the world. Ah, yes. We are System Mastery at LinkedIn. Yeah, we're System Mastery in Where's Waldo books. You just got to find it written down in there. You just got to find it. Yeah, it's right, right there. Usually we're pretty close. Surprisingly, we always end up close to the wizard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Strange, right? Okay, but anyway... Uh, like I said, find us at those locations, actual website, systemmasterypodcast.com. Uh, as always, we would like for you to rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher. And also, if you are looking to purchase a role-playing game of any kind, stop by our website first and use the banner link there to go to DriveThruRPG. Buy your stuff there because we get a cut. Yay. All right. I like getting cuts. I do. We've got almost a hundred bucks in there. People have actually been buying things for us. Good. I can't get it yet. You have to wait like 60 days after it was put in there before they let you have it. But, but someday, sir, I could use it. This is the thing. I could use it right now if I wanted to spend it on role playing games. Oh boy. I don't. People send us so many. We have so many goddamn role playing games. There are stacks and stacks of games. John lives in a house made of role-playing games now. He's upgraded from his pizza boxes. <laughs> yeah, it turns finally. Out a, a wolf came by and blew over his pizza box house. It's, it's, it's a bigger problem than you'd think. Yeah, and now I'm in the, <laughs> the role-playing game house. Soon the wolf's going to come by and blow that down, and then I'm going to have to get into like a real house or something. <laughs> Alright, this is a dumb joke. Let's get out. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. And have a good week. Or done. 